Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 194, episode 4 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. I've been recording this week in studio next to some people who we warned at the outset that they were going to hear me bleeding through the walls shouting Dirt Daily Zeitgeist. And every day they're like, yo, man, still haven't heard it. So now I think they might be fucking with me. So I'm like really trying to like put my whole diaphragm into it. (laughs) They're like, we even listened to your podcast to like see what you guys were talking about. Can't even really. uh, Couldn't even even hear it. Wait, what? Huh? Hey, Miles, did you know that this is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness? Yeah. Okay. Well, it is Thursday, July 22nd, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Choogie Oogie 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 Dance and Shoes. Keep me choogie all night. Choogie Oogie 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 Dance and Shoes. Keeps me up on the zeit. Uh, that is courtesy of Ensign Jensen. Uh, I wanted to do a Giannis one, but mm. all I could come up with was... Uh, Yamis, I'm such a do-ho and wet pits mm. and does the do bro, but like that's kind of a kind of a uh, stretch. So yeah, his name's just too up. easy to turn into like penis and titty poopo. You know, it's like just <laughs> it's like it turns my brain into like a a third grader. Anyways, uh, I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Oh no! There goes Tokyo! It's fucking Corona! Okay, shout out to the Blue Oyster Cult for Godzilla. Shout out to Christy Yamaguchi Mae for acknowledging that Tokyo isn't a threat, but not of Godzilla this time, but because of coronavirus, because of COVID, because of the Olympics, uh, felt very appropriate. And also that guitar riff is powerful, Mm. powerful. Well, Miles, uh, speaking of powerful, we are thrilled Mm -hmm. to be joined in our third seat uh, by a powerfully talented writer, stand-up comedian, and podcast host of the Bechdel Cast podcast, which is taking down the patriarchy one movie at a time every week. Uh, she also happens to have a master's degree in film yeah. uh, and also happens to have the most anagrammable name in the English language. So if you're dyslexic, you might know her as Nine-Tit Dracula or Latin dancer UTI, but in our hearts, she will always be <laughs> Caitlin Durante! Wow, what an introduction. Thank you so much. Well, I wish so I nice had have you. a new anagram, but I, I think I'm running out. I, I We've hit peak, peak Graham? <laughs> it's, it's critical mass over here at Anagram Station. <laughs> I, I don't have any new ones, but um, yeah, I mean, we, uh, you shouted out a few of the classics. Mm-hmm. Don't forget Lauren D. Titanic. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that, that's true. And that's a that that could be like a fake ID name too. I'm considering writing just like a whole TV series, <laughs> and the main character's name is Lauren D. Titanic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would her like traits be? What would her character traits be? Just um, she's very large. She breaks in half sometimes. She <laughs> can right. swim. <laughs> She was bitten by a radioactive Titanic, I'm assuming. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, that origin story, too. Um, <laughs> just how, however you choose to visualize someone being bitten by a radioactive Titanic, uh, I, I'd love to see it. I, Artists I out there, it. please make make a rendering of this. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank mm-hmm. you. All right, Caitlin. Well, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're going to be talking about. Can't stop, won't stop. The pandemic It's just really, really doing a number on the on the globe. Uh, So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Republicans doing that U-turn on the vaccines and the overall concept of vaccine passports. We've been here before, apparently, a mere 120 years ago. We were dealing with almost the exact same situation with the smallpox vaccine and had anti-vaxxers back then, too. So we'll, we'll talk about that and how we uh, ended up getting to the bottom of that. We'll talk about Havana syndrome because it has entered a new dark era, a new zero dark era, if you will. 
we will continue with our ongoing coverage of the Tokyo shit show. Uh, all of that, plenty more. We'll also be shaming Miles for not having seen Paddington 2, even though he fucking promised, bro. Promised. Promised. Oh. Shame. This, shame. This, shame it's on not you. As, it's not as simple as this. And shame on y'all for, for just reducing this down to just a, a narrative where I'm the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take our shame and in, 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 onto you and put it back onto us. That's not oh, how yeah. this works. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm rubber, you're glue. The shame bounces off of me and sticks onto you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but before we do any of that, Caitlin, we like to ask our guest, "What is something from your search history?" I just googled Wellington Paranormal just to okay. see where it's streaming, and I found the answer. What um, is that? It is a spinoff of. What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's a spinoff from... I think it must be a spinoff from the movie, not the series, because it features characters in the movie. So it's basically... I've only seen the first five minutes so far, but did not get very far into my exploration of Wellington Paranormal. But my understanding is it's a few officers of the law. So it, it, it might be propaganda, but okay. they're characters who are featured in the movie who like come into the vampire house so it's people we've met before the series follows these two characters who get involved in the like paranormal division of the wellington police department (laughs) and then they start investigating like paranormal incidents as far as i can tell as long as they're not enforcing private property rights of, uh, right. you know, real estate magnates, I think we can give the Wellington Supernatural subdivision a pass here. And also their yeah. Kiwis. We love them. Yeah. Mm, Based on the poster, I'm getting a X-Files meets Keystone Cops vibe. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Which what, I, I'm here for. First five minutes. Do you recommend? Good so far? <laughs> so far, so good. It's on HBO Max. Uh, as well as Hulu, I think. But if if you have like the very premium version of Hulu, which who oh, is? there's like levels to Hulu. Yeah, like that. Oh yeah. I think if you get like the live TV version, which is like prohibitively expensive. Like, what are you doing? Like, again? We we spend so much money on these streaming things. I it it's does absurd. my head in. Yeah, but that's not real money because it only charges your account once a month and. You kind of lose track of it, so that's true. And it's yeah, like little, it's like little, it's like six bucks there, right? Seven bucks there, it's nothing. And that's then you look nothing. at it over a year, and you're like, "What am I doing? How did I spend four thousand dollars on streaming platforms?" <laughs> I'm like, I don't even watch that much Bar Rescue anymore, but I still pay for Paramount Plus. <laughs> and what we do in the shadows is also on Hulu, right? I think that the series is the movie. Well, here, let me consult. The, the series is very helpful. good. I will just say. The series is great. Yeah, uh, I just started watching. I just got the first episode and I really liked it. I'm talking, I'm saying things like I'm here for and can recommend now. That's my new personality, Ooh. by the way. Love it. Love that for you. But uh, <laughs> what is something you think is overrated, Caitlin? Oh, I think the, um, like when you go to the movie theater and you get popcorn, which is my favorite food. <laughs> movie theater oh, popcorn. popcorn the best but then the like liquid butter that you can like pump on to your movie mm-hmm. theater popcorn mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is the most overrated dare i say disgusting thing ever invented yeah. by humans let me give you a, an alternate to that get, okay. get some fucking get some jalapenos ask them for jalapenos put some jalapenos on your popcorn it's really good if your if your stomach can deal with jalapenos, which mine can like one out of every five times, and so I still do it. <laughs> I will say, um, my blood type is actually movie theater popcorn butter. <laughs> <Okay>. Really? <laughs> I wow. dude, I would get fucking ripped by my parents because I would be like, if I if they ever caught me buttering my own popcorn, they're like, You are going to die. Like, yeah. what are you doing? And my hand, my, I would just have but, like popcorm butter up to my elbow. <laughs> and just be like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> just Ew. eat it. 
And then shit has evolved over time because most of the time now it's just coconut oil that they're they're flavoring to make like butter. Mm-hmm. It's actually not butter at all. It's that's as yeah. I learned because I'm like something tastes different. Something's like it's coconut oil. I'm like what? It's actually, if you rub it on happening? your face, it'll clear up your complexion. Uh, oh yeah, bit. yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It's good for you. But uh, yeah, now I just do the. I'll do a nacho cheese, a cup of nacho cheese, and then I dip up a dip, dip of popcorn, popcorn at a time. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to my boy Chris for showing me that. I have a friend who will get a little cup of the movie popcorn butter on the side and dip his popcorn in that because he knows I don't fuck oh. with it if we're sharing. Oh, that's, I see. That's okay. just nice. But it's also gross because like the thing yeah. is just wet as fuck. Yeah. Well, that's like, what I don't like, understand. It doesn't taste good. And then it just like makes your nice crisp popcorn just like a soggy, soggy. mess. Yeah. I think well, that's I why think, you, ha- you have to do it in layers though. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you have to really like shake it around. I've definitely, yeah. I've definitely had movie butter ruin my popcorn because mm-hmm. like I, it all went on like one spot and then there's just like a soggy wet spot. <laughs> of popcorn you really need to like be very careful about how you apply it when that movie alexander came out <laughs> I, uh-huh. I i got so high with my friends and we went to go see the movie i'm not i'm and i'm talking fucked up okay and i went just to the dark side with the movie butter popcorn the shit was pooling at the corner of the bag and eventually just got all over my jeans And I walked out with like an oil slick all over my pants. And I was just like so mad because the whole time I was like, oh, this is great. And didn't realize the whole time just ruined my my Aniche jeans. There were cars spinning out behind you like in Mario Kart. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I'm with you, though. Like, I I think it's like popcorn without the movie butter is still pretty buttery, still pretty salty, still pretty good. I'm just saying I'm I'm a freak. Yeah, I'm a freak. Well, I think that a lot of more people are like in your camp, Miles, of like wanting to douse slash ruin they're being American with it. <laughs> Put right. more fat juice on my food. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Will you fat juice up the popcorn? Because you know when you go and like and the the person who's serving the popcorn like and they butter it for you, you know who the OGs are because they're like, "How much butter do you want?" And I said, "Take me to the emergency room." <laughs> and they say, "I got you." And what they do is do one light scoop butter, shake, shake, shake. Yeah, another okay. scoop on butter, shake, shake, shake. Another scoop of popcorn, just so it's layered. Because when you just do that trickle down theory, yeah, you know it doesn't trickle down, baby. Yeah. It's just we've been saying that just like economics. Bush one, mm-hmm. yeah. But you can't do that with your own popcorn. Like you, you have to. The, there has to be like some technique. Maybe ask for a separate cup of like. Oh yeah, no. What you do is you get that cardboard tray. So okay. if they won't do it for you, then you dump half your popcorn out in that cardboard tray, butter it. Then put your wow. new book. Okay. You've wow. got the science down. I, I got methods, baby. <laughs> Technique. I'll bring my own I'll bring my own tray just in case they don't have one for me, just to make sure I can evenly butter the popcorn. And then her majesty refuses to eat it because she's like, This is disgusting. Yeah. No, I, I haven't buttered popcorn uh since I've been married because my wife would absolutely not do it. <laughs> because I value my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> what is something you think is underrated, Caitlin? Forgive me if I've said this one before. I can't remember, but I think the movie Pop Star Never Stop Stopping is very underrated in that a lot of people haven't seen it and no one's talking about it, even though it's a cinematic masterpiece. Yeah, I this is fun. I think maybe you I feel like someone has said this. Maybe it was you, but I'm I'm down to really keep talking about this because Connor for real. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that his like name? Yes, it? dude. I I fucking love. There's like the the little cameos that they get in it are like my favorite. I think the RZA's in it, isn't he? Oh, I'm not sure. And, and there's like a moment. Ah, fuck, I gotta remember who it is. I think it was like RZA. So one of them. He's just man. Like I seen him do some crazy stuff. Like one time, he just ate the blunt. He didn't even smoke it. Yeah, it's great. It's a classic. And that's yeah. There are comedy movies that like go underrated for too long because comedy, like really great comedy movies, will get bad reviews because film critics don't get into film criticism because they have a good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So like, there's right. you know, Dumb and Dumber was like a ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes when it came out, and like you know, a lot of comedy co- McGruber. I still t- talk to a lot of people who think McGruber. They're like, yeah, I saw the sketch. The sketch was stupid, and I personally ride. For 
MacGruber pretty hard. I think that's a mm-hmm. underrated comedy masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, Pop Star is great. Thank do you, you like it? I'm trying to. Th- yeah, why didn't it get like the shine it deserved? It, were we just like at peak Lonely Island or something? And people were just like, "I'm I I look I love Sandberg, but like I he's he's in a viral video every other fucking day." So maybe right. was that, is that what did it? Because I'm just trying to. Because I remember I watched it after after it came out because a few people were like, yo, you should watch it. It's fine. Yeah, me too. I saw it at home. I didn't see it in the right. theaters. I think it kind of mm. got MacGruberized in the sense that like people thought it was just like a single Justin Bieber joke type thing. And they were like, all right, like whatever. That's right. In the same way that like the MacGruber sketch is just like the same kind of boring uh, stale joke over and over again. But the the movie is like so dense with like, great jokes pop star like people people should definitely check it out and like don't don't assume it's just like the one joke from the trailer or like from the movie poster what whatever the movie you, poster made you think did you like walk hard uh the dewey <laughs> cox i was not a fan of that movie i wasn't i remember when it came out i saw it when it came out and i was like man and then a lot of people after the fact were like oh, man fucking walk hard is the fucking greatest thing i've ever seen and I'm like really <laughs> It has some funny moments. It's not, it's funny because like a lot of the jokes that stick with me are not the ones that are like about the music industry, you know, like Mm. it's, I I feel like it's more of a satire of like a a series of biopics than it is like a satire of like, uh, although the, I I like very specific parts of it a lot, but there, but it's not like something that I go back to and rewatch. But yeah, that's wow. one that has like people who really ride for it too. Dude, there's I'm reading this story that there were people who like there were a lo- like a lot of music that the Lonely Island guys passed on for the film. Like so they passed on beats from the RZA and Jay Dilla. And now I'm really upset. Hmm. But also this listen to this cuz this is and I'm sorry Caitlin to get too Wu-Tang with it, but <laughs> they said with the RZA, they said, quote, we once got sent beats from RZA, which was crazy, Andy told uh, DJ Sway. They were super, like, experimental. <laughs> they were very, like, atonal and weird. And we were like, we don't know how to make this funny, but it's dope. Right. Uh, which sounds very much like latter day RZA. And then they said, um, they also sent us a Dilla beat. And we were like, oh, my God, we can't ruin a Dilla beat. People will hate us if we do that. Oh, okay, so they were responsible with it. All yeah, right, well. yeah. Okay. I mean, the soundtrack from the movie is like, I just listen to it for fun sometimes. It's like pretty good music. Good? Yeah. I oh, mean, because of the, like Style Boys tracks and stuff. Well, on it's, there? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's basically just all the music from the movie, but I'm like, these are my favorite musicians. These fake <laughs> movie characters <laughs> made some really great music. Have you guys watched uh, Girls 5 Eva yet? I saw the first episode. Okay. There's uh-huh. some really funny yeah. songs in that too. Oh, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen the art. Is what's their one? Anyway, I I just remember watching it because everyone was saying it's so good. And yeah, I've I've, I've enjoyed what I've seen so far. Yeah, it's solid. All right, let's take a quick break, and we will be right back. And we're back, and let's talk pandemic. The story continues to evolve in a depressing direction. Uh, the Delta variant is has basically taken over the U.S. It's now making up 83% of new cases in the U.S. Anecdotally, healthcare workers say they're just seeing young people in worse shape than the original form of the virus. I've heard anecdotally a lot of stories of young people who are very susceptible to the sort of bullshit that I, I had associated with, you know, baby boomers. Like the, the I, I heard somebody like died from that. I heard their arm right. fell off. But yeah, it's, it's getting scary out there. It's getting worse and worse. And as, you know, as much as <laughs> the media and like municipalities were like, all right, y'all, let's reopen. We're back, baby. The pandemic is over. Yeah, it may be if more than, you know, 50% of the country was vaccinated, we could we could be in a bit of a more jovial mood. But like you look at places again, like in Missouri, there there are certain hospitals there that are seeing the same number of patients in the last five weeks than they did in the last five months. Yeah. Because the Delta variant is just spreading so rapidly and we're looking at like sub 50 percent vaccination rates, some places below 20 percent. 
And meanwhile, in the rest of the world, the Delta variant is just shredding through countries as they wonder when vaccines will arrive. And I think this is like a very urgent thing because, you know, we're in a really fucking just sad state over here in the U.S. where we have just an overabundance of vaccine ability uh, of 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 vaccine availability while you have a ton of people who are just like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And then you look at the rates and you say, as Rachel Walensky at the CDC says, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated right now. It's the people who are not vaccinated, who are the ones that are making up the bulk of the hospitalizations and the deaths. And on top of it, like the rest of the world is experiencing the same things without the same protections that we have, you know, essentially now, I guess we call the luxury of vaccines. It's just a very, it's like, it's, and I said, so I think it's more like one of these things, the more I read, I'm like, yeah, it's not just about that you could be vaccinated and safe. There's a much larger picture here to really consider that with these other places and just pockets of unvaccinated people, this is again, where a lot of experts are worried. It's like, this is how we might find like real, truly like breakthrough new strains that can break through the immunity that we're even afforded through vaccination. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's, it's still a story. It still needs to be a story as much as like, I think, you know, you see, you see reporting kind of go up and down, but it's hopefully this is, will encourage as many people to get vaccinated. Yeah. There's that New York times map that shows like it broken down by region by state. And it's really, Really hitting the uh, red states. Like, it's almost, yeah, it, it's bad. Like, just how, mu- how much it's concentrated. In. Yeah. And we, we've talked about this the last few weeks. Fox News and, like, Sean Hannity, people are like, no, I believe in the vaccine, y'all. Like, I believe in the science. It will save your life. They're saying these things now. And a lot of us are like, what is it, like, legal trouble? Like, what the fuck <laughs> right. is going on? You can't like, possibly imagine sudden, them like, being responsible. Yeah, it has nothing to do with having a heart at all. And when you look at these like these maps and how it's breaking down like the most partisan way, and now you have Mitch McConnell has been out here really forcefully trying to be like, please get vaccinated. I mean, he hasn't been a vaccine skeptic. I'll give him that. Right. Um, but when he was recently asked, they're like, OK, well, you're telling people to get the vaccine. He's like, but what about the right wing media sphere? There's a lot of people spreading all kinds of misinformation. McConnell said, quote, ignore all of these other voices that are giving demonstrably bad advice Mm. and please get the vaccine. And we're even having really like Steve Scalise from Louisiana. He's he kept, you know, saying, like, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get it. But then the rates start going up in Louisiana. He said he just got his vaccination and he's saying and he's urging other people to as well. And I think, you know, sort of cynically, I was like, oh, I wonder if they just they're worried that their base is going to get hollowed out because they've been preaching this anti-vax, you know, gospel. And I think that may be what it is. I think they're looking at the midterms and how the virus is spreading in very specific places and are like, this isn't a good that's a lot of ammo for someone running against me to use or also just dealing with a base who's been affected by the illness or has had family members affected by it. So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know what exactly they're looking at, but there, there's, there's definitely like an element of strategy to this shift. You also know that it's bad for Republicans, like the thing that they pay attention to, the stock market took a little dip. Yeah, that, that happened mm. too. So, you know, they, so, they're worried. Yeah, I guess that, yeah, I don't know if it's like, this sort of Darwin Award adjacent, like sort of strategy that they've had because they were so invested in like owning the left by like saying like, oh, we're not going to get vaccinated. We're contrarian that it's rapidly turning into a self-own. And yeah, it's just I I really again, like every other person who's <laughs> talking about this, just saying, please tell everyone to get vaccinated if you can. Yeah, it's truly. I, I don't know how. How else to say it, but it's frightening. And I have people in my family, too. I'm urging to do the right thing. But hubris is a hell of a drug. I'll tell you that. Mm. Yeah. I was talking to somebody yesterday, still unvaccinated. But they said they're going to Walgreens today. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So So you're you're saying I should get vaccinated? I'm kidding. (laughs) I've been vaccinated for years. (laughs) (laughs) I've been one of the first test cases. Yeah, I got that fake ID that said I was 68, so I could jump the line. 
So one thing that people are pointing to as like a possible, you know, solution to the the fix we find ourselves to specifically in the U.S. Uh, and that is already being used in other nations around the world are vaccine passports. Mm-hmm. You know, people are currently using the honor system, which, you which know, we saw how well that's place, been working. Yeah, exactly. Not you not see all those PPP loans that people were applying for that didn't need them. Yeah. yeah okay. Horrible, all all horrible. I know is uh, Kevin Sorbo or one of the one of the uh, handful of right wing celebrities just talked about how he went into a Starbucks without a mask on and then he shouted at them. So this is BS and walked out. So like, you know, th- those sorts of people are who are po- like politically opposed to the vaccine. They're, they're not going to if there's not a active mask mandate, they're not going to fucking come in and be like, and I'm unvaccinated. Because uh, they're not wearing a mask, regardless. Yeah. So, <laughs> right the de- the Venn diagram of people who are anti-vaxxers and but like yeah. pro wearing masks is two circles that are very yes. very far apart from. Yes, each other. they're not. They do not overlap <laughs> anywhere. So predictably, the the majority of people, which seems to be like the way that we always see these things breaking down, what whether it's like Trump approval rating or you know, just generally uh, support for universal health care. The majority of people, over 60 percent, support vaccine passports. Only 28 percent actually oppose the idea, but it's just not getting any support from the the Biden administration. The Jen Psaki, is that what's her name? Jen Psaki, yeah. Psaki Psaki at a press conference said, the government is not now, nor will we be supporting a system that requires Americans to carry a credential. It's just like, why the fuck not? Yeah, it's because they're just doing it for, they're afraid of the conservative media. Yeah. And the the other politicians who are just going to be like, oh, look at what they're trying to do now. And it's like, fuck the fucking science of it. Stop worrying about the Chamber of Commerce and like the dumb headlines from you know, Newsmax. The um, so it breaks down pretty predictably along partisan lines. More than three quarters of the people who support the vaccine passport have already been vaccinated, and it's seventy four percent of Democrats support a vaccine passport. Less than fifty percent of Republicans support a vaccine passport. But so Fox News. Uh, which has been railing against the idea of vi- vaccine passports and saying, like, what's next? They're coming for your guns. Uh, I don't know how those two things are related, but that's their they train of thought. Somehow. So yeah. Fox News, it's been revealed, has a clear pass, which sounds like a credit card for Scientologists, but is actually an in-house vaccine passport <laughs> that they're using to basically make it so that they can continue to produce the bullshit where they talk about how we shouldn't have vaccine passports so they're using a vaccine passport to produce the tucker carlson show oh my god and yeah it love that hypocrisy for them i know isn't that doesn't that just all all of this is making too much sense (laughs) and then they could still so there are like legal hurdles for the biden administration to just be like okay today starting today you need a vaccine passport but there's all sorts of things they could do to, like, incentivize vaccine requirements for states. They're just not doing it. Right. And so there's there's a history to this. Vaccine mandates have been very successful in the U.S. and globally, even in politically difficult situations, because they make becoming vaccinated the default, as opposed to right now, being unvaccinated is the easy choice right now. It's like, yeah, well, I'll just be unvaccinated and I won't wear a mask. Like, why? who gives a shit? Like, that's one less step for me to take. But so our writer, J.M., like dug into this. And back in the 1800s, like end of 1800s, turn of the 20th century, health officials and governments routinely required proof of smallpox inoculation because that was killing tons of people. And so officials would go door to door demanding to see Uh, either a vaccination certificate, and so many people were forging vaccination certificates at that time uh, because there was a thriving anti-vax community even back then Mm. uh, that they had to start going by either a, you either, they would look at your face to see that if you had pockmarks on your face, that was evidence you had had the disease already, 
Or the other evidence that they would accept is a scar from where the vaccine was administered because the vaccine back then involved scoring the skin with a knife and dabbing the wound with a live virus obtained from oozing cowpox sores on the underside of calves. So that's a little one you want. It's, Which one you want, folks? <laughs> it's kind of we can do makes this a heading ways down here. the Walgreens for a tiny shot seem like less of a less of a big deal. And then it would like basically burn a hole in your arm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, people from certain parts of the country are like older people. They got those scars. I mean, yeah. my mom and like all my, you know, Japanese older family, like they all have those those like I, I was always a kid. I was like, what the heck is that? Why do you and everyone have that little arm scars? Like those were called shots back in the day. Yeah, bro. Just the effort to forge a document and you'd rather do that than to go get vaccinated. It's like, just just go get vaccinated. Yeah, it's just and I think this is what the the other really just fucked up part is, too, is that like for there are certain people who have just ingested so much misinformation on social media that they truly believe that it they're that this gamble that they're making by not being vaccinated is the safer choice, like (laughs) truly. Because they've just been completely head fucked with all this like nonsense that they ingest every day. And yeah, I mean, like th- it just shows how large this problem is, too. Like we have we have Fox who's being disingenuous about their vaccination policies or just being secretive about the fact that they very much uh, consider vaccination important to social media companies who are just like, oh, yeah, whatever, man, like let this stuff cook. It'll actively keep melting the world down. Yeah. But so a lot of anti-vaccination activists created that they, they were like circulating names of doctors who had signed a piece of paper saying that a child was medically unfit for vaccination. They were forging vaccination certificates. Forgery became such a problem that the vaccine scar basically became the go-to vaccine passport. Wow. But in 1904, the New York Times wrote that the city's ability to keep the disease in check was in part defeated by public apathy and by the reluctance to prioritize the conspicuous advantage of the immunity conferred by vaccination. Um, Wow. So it's like this has been an issue. Like, I think the we we've been here like we're not getting any dumber. It's just we're not getting any smarter. We're the same idiots we've always been. Um, And the way that we beat that in the past was Basically, what that expert was saying about making not getting the vaccine the difficult thing to do. It was like the big thing that they point to is that you had to have your kid vaccinated to go to public school. And so like that became just people are just like, fine, fucking vaccinate my kid, basically. Right. So I, I can get them out of my hair. And that's. Eventually, by the like mid 20th century, like even though at first it seemed like, oh, shit, we're never going to get rid of this. People are too apathetic by like putting these social norms in place. They basically got to a point where smallpox was eradicated in the entire U.S. population by uh, mid 20th century. It's wild. There are even people that were rather than getting the vaccine, because you're saying that the, the scar became like the way that they would just be like, OK, I get it, yeah. that they would just <laughs> do their own the scar hack by burning themselves with acid. <laughs> yeah, they would forge the scar. Wow. I mean, but it's so okay. I mean, yeah. So that at that point, it's clearly they are scared of the concept like the idea of like you put the sickness in me like that's not i'm not gonna let you do that like that it's just too much to get their mind around right and the idea of the government injecting you with something is just too too much to to get their mind around which you know is where where we're still at um but yeah, this, uh... It's a lot of people, too, are just saying, like, we need these vaccine passports because the only way we can really figure out, like, how we can properly socially distance or who who's at risk and who isn't is to know these things is to be able to say, like, hi, welcome to this place. Are you not vaccinated? OK, so then let's we, we 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 have to take more consideration whether to let you in or to provide more distance or whatever that just saying like, all right, man, if you're vaccinated, we believe you do what you got to do. And we're not going to force kids to wear masks in school, even though many 
like every medical expert is like, yeah, no, 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 no. Like when schools reopen in the fall, like kids need to be wearing masks. Well, but the reason um, that that's happening is because they're not doing they're not treating this vaccine the same as they do other vaccines, you know, like right. other other vaccines. They're like, you have to show your child's vaccine history in order for them to like enroll in school and like come to classes. But for some reason like this isn't I mean, uh, for now, it's because the kids aren't eligible for it. But eventually, like kids will be eligible for this. And as far as the Biden administration's indicating, it's not a thing that they're willing to they're willing to do, like right. put it in that same camp. And it's just like, I don't understand why it's not. Ludicrous. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's yeah. I mean, it's just like it's all these really lame considerations and like triangulations that, you know, governments do in res in response to like what to do. The safest thing is just we're just like inert. Yeah. And it's just sort of like, uh, uh, I don't want to say anything because then they'll get mad. But then people will die and then they'll get mad and then I'll do something reactionary. And maybe that will help things after the fact. And you'd hate to think that with the way things are going and and the you know insistence on not being uh, like the insistence on not being vaccinated leading to some mutation that could put children at risk then what yeah you know and like that's what's so like if you're gonna game out all this stuff about the vaccine and like what you think it's gonna do like take some time to game out what you think mutations will do with this virus because if you mm -hmm. have the imagination to think there's microchips <laughs> in the vaccine you damn well better have the imagination for some zombie apocalypse shit if you're really going to go out there. I mean, not to say that's what's going to happen, but apply if you're going to really if you're that strategic about it, things aren't just going to stay one way, because I think a lot of people are just giving themselves comfort and being like, it's just a cold. It's a cold that harms the really weak. And yeah. that's it. Yeah. And it's not the case. Yeah. Each new I'm going to get is my vaccine information tattooed on me. That's how. <laughs> there you go. I see people rock the pin, though. I see like older people rocking that pin. It's oh, like, I'm I vaccinated. Seen the I haven't mm -hmm. seen the vaccine pin. Oh yeah, I've seen it. Like uh, a few people have been like wearing it. And I'm like, oh, look at you. Where they're like, like, thank you. Like, I'm vaccinated. I'm being safe, kind of thing. And they, yeah, I see it at the grocery store and stuff. So I'm like, okay, look at you, letting people know you're. Don't be, don't be alarmed. I'm not trying to put you at risk. Mm. It's like, uh, do we do we tax the people who refuse to get vaccinated? Like, what incentive? Like, <laughs> could you imagine the word tax? They're gonna be like, now we're talking about taxinations. <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh, this is crazy, man! I can't believe where we're headed. Like, this is just a bunch of crap. I feel like that would truly be the the headline that like Breitbart and you know fox is waiting for some kind of vax tax but i feel like it has to be something like that like some incentive yeah. or like punishment that you would suffer if you refuse to get vaccinated like i don't right. know what that else to that it's that it's the problem is we're accommodating anti-vax people who are the largest threat vector um right. in terms of like containing the virus that we're accommodating this rather than saying oh no we can't accommodate this because this is dangerous behavior. And if we're trying to actually move past that, we have to be able to go, okay, if this group isn't vaccinated, then we have to really make sure that this community, we got to keep our eye on there because that's where the virus is going to, you know, shred through and, and possibly make mm -hmm. other kinds of jumps. So it's, it's not over folks. It's not over. It's mind boggling. Breitbart would write headlines about that, but they unfortunately will be too occupied writing headlines about how uh, Tom Brady stabbed Trump in the back. <laughs> Have you oh, seen yeah. those headlines? Yes. <laughs> so All mad. the right wing media They're lost so it hurt. on Tom Brady. Oh, really? He defended like, yeah. you. Wasn't it like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, thanks for the Super Bowl win. He's like, although 40% of the country doesn't believe we won. <laughs> Wasn't it something <laughs> yeah, like something that? And everyone's like, hey, all right, all TB. Right. <laughs> Even though you were wearing <laughs> your big Trump or whatever. He yeah. knows how to work a room. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he also apparently had a torn M MCL the whole season, which is bonkers. What? Yeah, they just found it. He just was like, yeah, I just had surgery. What's wow. that, like a knee thing? Yeah, yeah, it's a neat mm -hmm. thing that usually ends people's season, and he just like played through it. He's not very mobile quarterback to begin with, but right. it's still pretty 
pretty wild. Mm. I, I think we're learning that there are X-Men among us, Tom Brady and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis's leg we saw bend the wrong way, and then he went on to put up 50 yeah. in the finals. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, all right, let's take a, another quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back and just quick check in that the bootleg fire, uh, the smoke from the fire up in Oregon made it hazy the other day in New York City. There, You can look at the uh, time lapse footage of the gray smoke leaving the western U.S. and just kind of traveling across the country and covering big parts of the northeast and... In related news, Jeff Bezos was like, hey, thanks, Amazon customers and Amazon workers. You paid for this. So yeah, fuck just, you. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> the fuck? As uh, our nation is being blanketed in uh, climate change smoke, he's like, hey, thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Here's $100 million for two different people. Uh-huh. There you go. I'm worth <laughs> $205 billion. That's right. less than a percent. Yeah. But let's talk about uh, Havana syndrome. You know, this is a pet topic of mine because I think it's very interesting. The CIA now is admitting that like more than half of the people who are suffering from these symptoms are CIA agents or undercover workers. So for people who aren't up on the story, I guess, first time listeners of this show, it's basically a series of symptoms that usually coincides with the victim hearing loud sounds. Some of them come down with like permanent neurological damage. They feel dizziness. And the explanations range from a microwave weapon that uses technology we don't understand and don't know about yet to a psychosomatic reaction that is causing like a physical response, which is I don't know. I'm somewhere between the two, but I I find the psychosomatic thing to be underrated in the way the mainstream media is reporting it, just because I think they, you know, people think that a psychosomatic thing is like someone actively creating something with their mind, and it can totally be physical. Like Mm -hmm. mass psychogenic illnesses uh, have caused people to feel compelled to dance until they drop dead from exhaustion like that was an entire like mass uh, illness that happened in england uh they've caused people to fall ill and begin like throwing up they've caused people to uh have the symptoms and swelling associated with pregnancy to develop and heal from scaly skin conditions you know it changes how you sleep even though like that has nothing to do with your conscious mind so anyways the the unconscious mind is like i think the most powerful and mysterious force that we like just don't understand. And I think it's somehow tied into this. But I say all this because now we are putting the CIA, uh, in particular, they're putting the guy who was in charge of the hunt for bin Laden in charge of figuring out what's going on here. And that's I think that's worrisome. (laughs) The CIA just like like that, the hunt for bin Laden was specifically a project, I guess you would call it, that used like torture and like tactics that have been proven not to work. And mm-hmm. they're now giving this agency, which seems to always feel entitled to use like carte blanche violence and destruction and like, you know, uh, inserting themselves into people's lives and like damaging their sanity to get to the bottom of a thing that is this like massive mysterious like gray area that i mean there there's just no like once they start which i guess they've been in charge of this for a while but i just feel like once the cia gets involved in trying to get to the bottom of a problem like the truth around that problem becomes becomes a problem yeah, yeah, it just becomes unknowable because the CIA right. creates their own realities. They're, uh, you know, very good at manipulating the the truth and the facts and 
like you know the the JFK assassination is a good example like by inserting themselves into the investigation into who killed JFK like they are even though like the CIA was very plausibly connected to it like they have rendered that mis- mystery like officially impossible to find the truth of there's effectively like no truth to find at this point because there's yeah. just so much complexity and confusion and like false realities but jack did or did they or did they not get bin laden <laughs> right yeah so, so uh, i can only i mean I god can you imagine what the you know if we ever get to the bottom of this like what that's gonna look like or you know what it won't look like i don't know like, that's what sort of really interesting it's like now arrived at this level where they're saying we have to figure this out and yeah who knows could be murky because there's nothing like people who you know could possibly be implicated having a hand in investigating themselves it's like when you watch the cops investigate themselves or jim jordan be appointed to the january 6th commission like yeah you you might not be the best person to look at this (laughs) right um this also like just kind of tangentially um you know, one of the explanations for the Tic Tacs and like some of the uh, UAP stuff is people saying, well, this would motivate uh, people to spend more money on military industrial complex. Like, so this is another case where being open to a hypothetical weapon or technology that we can't explain with physics is being taken suddenly being taken seriously by the military. Uh, and so, you know, that it could be part of an overall, like, new method on, on the uh, side of the worst people in the world to be like, yeah, UFOs are real, bro. You better give us a lot of money to make our own or else we're fucked. Mm-hmm. Similar here. Like, yeah, dude, we they have, like, sound beams and shit. So, like, yeah, you better give us a lot of money. Cause so we, we need sound beams now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, or we won't see, I guess. <laughs> Let's talk uh, the Olympics. They they start tomorrow. What are you guys doing? You doing like an opening ceremony party or what? what's going on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just getting together with a bunch of strangers in, a, <laughs> in a, an enclosed space indoors. And we're just going to sing out loud and just cheer and hoot and holler. I mean, you know, there's some of the events have already started, like in softball and soccer. Yeah, um, yeah, the women's U.S. So, soccer team lost. Yeah, hmm. we got. Um, so we've got. Um, it's it's happening. Even though we heard maybe, hey, an eleventh hour cancellation is possible. But you know, it's recently the head of the World Health Organization was being really positive. Like his comments were like, you know, like this is a great moment for the for the world to come together and offer something we all need, which is hope. When earlier and like in like like an hours before that, he's like. Uh, COVID is an absolute uh, danger to the games. Absolutely. 100%. Like it's something to consider. And then you're like, wait, what's going on? And uh, it turns out that the the WHO and the IOC, they've signed numerous agreements to work together since 1984. Mm. So, you know, who better to have say, don't hey, all good <laughs> COVID. What? Yeah. No, no, no. Let's 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 watch the sprinting events and things like that. So, you know, they've been. Uh, united the IOC and the World Health Organization, while like many medical professionals in Japan are like, do not do this. The only people that are going to be fucked over are the people of this country, while the IOC can just make money and, you know, fulfill their ad obligations. That's all that's going to happen here. It's it's not going to work because when you look at th- there's only a third of medical workers in Japan are vaccinated. Jesus. So mm-hmm. you have some just ridiculous wave come out over there. The, the medical workers are also at risk. That's why everyone's like, this is such a bad idea. Um, and also, I just want to mention in in the Rio Olympics, when Zika was like the huge health concern, the World Health Organization was like, yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. No big deal. It's yeah. Um, I was going to make the hilarious joke that that guy deserves a gold medal in doing a 180. Hey. <laughs> One hundred percent. He's going to get the gold and he'll get it all. Mm. And maybe he'll get one for, you know, the person who shelved his conscious to mm. help the further the aims of the it's IOC too. favorite Olympic sport. Yeah. <laughs> shelving your shelving conscience. Your conscience. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, where are those Olympics? You know, for the real nuanced things that people are able to do mentally. Because um, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a few people that, that would... Mental gymnastics? Up. Where's hey, that hey, Olympic hey, event? Who's the Done Simone Biles of mental gymnastics? <laughs> are they billionaires? Ooh. It would have to be are like a big D Democrat, right? Because they have to like be no no better you have to know better right no better but then like not do the thing but then act like you're doing the thing in public and like act like you understand and maybe actually understand but then like actually behind closed doors not really understand right i don't know it's interesting yes yeah, i gang let us know who uh, who are the greatest mental gymna- gymnastics and mental olympians of our day uh, in terms of shelving your conscience or just the mental gymnastics floor exercise. <laughs> There's another story too. I just want to point out like this, and this isn't COVID related, but again, uh, just, so you know, athletes are still testing positive as they arrive. That hasn't stopped. Oof, um, right. Okay. So that's still a thing. Um, but this one, there's these six Polish swimmers that were told they couldn't compete because of like an administrative error that their country's like swimming federation made. So 23 swimmers left Poland like with like a like a hero's send off and they're like, we're going to Tokyo. Thank you so much. We were cheering. They get to the Olympic Village and they're like, yeah, man, we only got 17 spots, man. I don't know what the, what are you going to do with these other six people? <laughs> and they were looking around like, what 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 do you mean? Like they we we qualified and we were on the we we're a part of the team. Um, and as the reporting goes, says, quote, all six were originally named to the Polish lineup as relay only swimmers. And Olympic qualification standards specify that each nation may enter relay-only athletes, provided they have at least achieved the B standard for the corresponding stroke and distance of the relay, just sort of more, you know, the, the mechanics of, of how you qualify. But Poland reportedly filled more than its allowed spots and had to decide who should leave. So they got there and so on. They had to pick people to go back to Poland. And I'm look, as much as I'm critical of the Olympics, like I feel for these athletes because this is truly their life's work. Like this is what they do. This is what they do with their time. And for like the past five years to have all this build up, get to Tokyo and then be like, Ooh. okay, so six um, people We're sold out. Go. So sorry. <laughs> uh, <turn> around. <laughs> Wait, you're sold out? Yeah, it's, I know this never happens. It's like it a never bouncer happens, there. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And especially when you're, you're all that shit's fucked up because someone else fucked up. Oh yeah, oh Oy, boy, that's so frustrating. Boy, boy. Yeah, so it's it's a lot of lot of BS abounds. Do we think this is this story is also getting so many headlines because it's like Poland and Polish jokes, like about like? Uh, I don't know. I mean, th- luckily the most of the news sites that I read didn't did not include uh, ter- terrible stereotypes of Polish uh, American immigrants uh, and doing jokes but i don't know i think it's just in general like it's just i think it's more part of a thing of olympic misery stories yeah that Mm -hmm. seems to be the thing that i'm seeing a lot of like whether it's that paralympian whose like mother couldn't go who needed like her assistance to navigate the paralympics um or you know the shikari stories and things like that there's just a lot of things that you know from natural hair swim caps that were banned like everything's like dude these Mm -hmm. Olympics fucking suck yeah (laughs) What the fuck? I and they've always sucked, but this one especially. The ads are going to be so wild because the the ads just assume that we're all fucking pumped for these Olympics, and they they <laughs> you know they've wrapped production on those a long time ago. So oh that, that'll be interesting. Yeah, the tone deaf ads that were made in like 2019 oh, for the 2020 <laughs> Olympics. That right. are just like this is like fucked up, it's like <laughs> surrealist advertising, and I can't fucking handle it. Yeah. And even shorts gate too. Yeah, now there's another shorts story. So, uh, fo- kind of in follow up to yesterday's story about a track Paralympian who was criticized for wearing her shorts too short by a British like track and field official. The Norway women's handball team was fined for having shorts that were too long because mm-hmm. they didn't like show off enough. They were like, you need to have bikini bottoms or no deal. <laughs> Gotta be bikini bottoms or no deal. What the fuck? In the beach volleyball, they're gonna be like, oh, sorry, bros, you gotta have your dicks out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, of course not. Of course, like men are allowed to have it down like 
to a few inches yeah, of above course. their thighs. I know. I just but, like if, yeah. if they're being like, sorry, we made some deals with some like sort of adult content creators <laughs> yeah. and we need this to be as pornographic as possible. Sorry, fellas. Guys. Time to hang brain. <laughs> <laughs> God. Like, um, what do you two? I'm looking at the picture. Like, what the fuck is the problem with what they're wearing? Yeah. Like, and also, the, the, it's so absurd of like, you must pay us real world money because fabric too long on pants. Yeah. And also the the women who are in the things, I it just, it's, yeah, it's fucked. Like, it just Again. doesn't seem practical to be wearing. Wait, are, are we talking about the this? Photo the blue like the ones wearing the bluish short like those yeah, are blue, too blue long. Those are too those long. Are too long. And oh then, my Those gosh. are Daisy Dukes. They're right. wearing Daisy Duke length like volleyball. They're just wearing like volleyball tights, basically that like you see volleyball players wear. Yeah, and those are considered and too big and too long. Too long. Wow. And then the team that's like in the clothes that are required are wearing things that like would be like the. They're just a uh, like string bikini bottom. It's like a thong. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's a thong. That it looks like one player's covering their butt or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or maybe so that's, that's what the I'm like. <laughs> that, like one player is literally has her hands behind her back and is like either doing the pensive, you know, uh, hmm, just watching this here, or she's covering her butt, which I would imagine. Like I can't imagine. Uh, and granted, like my butt. I I don't have a my my butt would blind people with its whiteness, but uh, like I like how could you enhancing butt? Yeah, how could you actually now that would actually be a good strategy? (laughs) But how could you not be self conscious? Like I I agree, they need to start making men do this. Like patriarchy is a hell of a thing, man. Yeah, I tell you, if Giannis just had to like have a thong bikini bottom on yet during the uh, finals? The guidelines for the International Handball Federation are that male players can wear shorts that extend to 10 centimeters above the kneecap. Female athletes must wear bikini bottoms that are in accordance with the enclosed graph. Oh my god. It's It's absurd. Also, those are just, I can't imagine that's comfortable to play a sport in. Like, no, I feel like yeah, this would like ride up your butt crack and just like not. I would always be like picking a wedgie instead of, of like course. focusing on the right. ball. You're like uh, Caitlin, man. You missed the game-winning spike <laughs> in that volleyball game. Sorry, I had to dig the uh, <laughs> my swimsuit bottoms out of my asshole. It, That's the wrong kind of dig in volleyball. <laughs> we need you to dig out that ball, and not to be digging in your ass because we make everybody wear thongs and jeans. And it's an article of clothing that is by de- that is a wedgie by design. Like, it's, right. <laughs> what the fuck are you guys doing to these poor people? Uh, so again, I hope this is the end. I hope these all of these stories add up to people being like, these things suck. Yeah, like, the way we're doing the Olympics fucking sucks. We need to figure out a way to do it that's more inclusive, less just f- so cynical in terms of its like money making aims and purely just focus on providing a, a platform, a venue for the world's best athletes to compete consistently and, you know, hand out these awards. I get that. But the traveling circus, the Simpsons monorail pitch of the Olympics, I'm, I'm done with that. Yeah. God, I, who, who has it next? Uh, poor. They just announced poor that bastards. Brisbane is getting it in 2032. Brisbane? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I'm like, we're talking about that right now? Aren't we next? Isn't isn't Los Angeles next? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> wow. Or we get, we get it in 2028, actually. 2028. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. We got time to move. Caitlin, <laughs> it's been such a pleasure having you. Uh, where can Thank people you. find you and follow you? Thank you for having me. First of all, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Caitlin Durante. You can check out the Bechtel cast that I co-host with Jamie Loftus. And we talk about movies from a feminist lens. And it's fun. (laughs) That's a great show. It's one of the (laughs) great podcasts of all time. Oh, yeah. Wowie. Wow. Thank you. Um, And is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Okay, do you remember, this is going (laughs) to involve some preamble, the 
snacks that we ate as kids. It was like chocolate pudding. And then there's a bunch of like crumbled up Oreos crumbs on that. And then you would stick uh, gummy worms in yeah. that. What yeah. were those called? Dirt cup. Dirt. Yeah. <laughs> right. dirt cup, I think. At That's Tony what... Roma's, that was called the dirt, dirt cup. cup. Yeah. You, had, you had gummy worms and gummy your Oreo worms. pudding. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So there's a photograph of a dirt, one of these dirt cups. And then at Tia Lompson says, so what? We all just gave up on these. We all just said we aren't going to actively eat the most delicious food in the world anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. What the fuck? Because we don't. Where Where did the dirt cups go? No, no one's eating them anymore. Do y'all have Buster Bars? Did you have uh, those like it was like ice cream cake with Oreo cookie crust and like melted vanilla ice cream? And then whipped cream and then more Oreos. Like it was like Whoa. a layer cake of just various things. I, and caramel and peanuts. That shit was that sounds so delightful. good. The fuck? I think that might have <laughs> just been I think that might have just been like a Southern Ohio thing. Cause that's that was big when I was like Were they, at they're that Buster age. Bars? Buster Bars. Yeah, Check I've not them heard out. of Buster Bars. Check them out, y'all. Wow. Uh Miles, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying? Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also, the other show, 420 Day Fiance. If you like 90 Day Fiance, check that one out. And a tweet I like is from Dylan Adler at Dylan Adler 6, tweeting with the clapping emoji, people with good voices shouldn't be allowed to do karaoke. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's something about, look, I'm not saying there's something wonderful when you discover like someone in your party has a tremendous voice. But then there are other times when, like, you go to a karaoke place and everyone's killing it. And you're like, fuck, man. Like, I'm going to do my jokey version of Montel Williams. This is how we do it. It's gonna, I don't know how it's going to go over. Someone's and you get doing a lot of stress. up there. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I remember I had one of the most surprising moments. This, like, friend of ours, we went to do karaoke. And she sang, like, this fucking Beatles song so beautifully that, like, it, it was weird. It was like one of those moments where like even like the annoying bros at the karaoke bar like turned from the bar and were like a single <laughs> tear came down and we're like, what, what happened? We didn't know you had a, a voice like that. And you're like, I, I, I used to sing a lot, but not these days. And you're like, oh my, oh my God. God. What song was it? I don't know because I don't yeah. know the Beatles catalog very got well, it, but it. It, it's just something. It was something apparently where they were saying like, I had never heard it sung so soulfully. It was a uh, yellow submarine, probably. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Eleanor Rigby, actually. <laughs> yellow submarine, <laughs> just the dumbest song. They they have like some of the dumbest songs that are just basically kid songs. Uh, I think it was "I'm the Walrus," actually. <laughs> cuckoo, kachoo. cuckoo, kachoo! The way she hit that cuckoo, kachoo was cuckoo, kachoo! And people were like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> She's like, we were the Eggmen <laughs> all along. Let's see some tweets I've been enjoying. Uh, Caitlin, here's one for you. Uh, oh. So Robin Lopez, twin brother of Brooke Lopez, who <laughs> so Brooke Lopez was playing in the NBA Finals, winning the NBA Finals last night. And his twin brother, <laughs> uh, as like it was entering the fourth quarter, tweeted out a screen cap <laughs> yeah. of Paddington and tweeted, these Paddington movies are so good. Hashtag movie night. And so many people were like, bro, your brother's winning the finals. What are you doing? And he, I did was, not realize the context of that. People like yeah, tagged right. me in that because they're just like, oh, Caitlin, it's, pa- content, it's a Paddington yeah. thing. Yeah. And then I, but that context is so funny. And then you're, like with a minute, to, <laughs> and oh with God. a minute to go, he, in the game, he tweeted out, you can't watch the first and not watch the sequel and tweeted <laughs> out like the, a Paddington 2 screen cap. No. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I is mean, this, he's not he, wrong. Is he just being genius? Yeah, he's a genius. Or do you think? Yeah, no, no, no. no they're, but... they're very funny. They're, they're, okay. Robin Lopez. Because part of me, great. Yeah, a part of me likes the idea, though, that it's like truly like this, like, I can't believe he's in the finals. Yeah. It's like, I will not watch him. <laughs> no, we'll everything together. There is a lot of great brotherly love uh, with Giannis hitting up his brother who's in COVID protocol after they won. And uh, they were singing that. Uh, <laughs> Something for the night, uh, song. I don't know that bat. Wild for like, the night, not wild. Wild for the night. The it's like a pop smoke 
song. It's really good. Uh, and he was doing such a bad job singing it. But they oh, were, while and now, oh, fuck. Let me let me just welcome to the party. It's I think it's called for the night. Yeah, pop smoke for the night uh, with little baby. But they were uh, they were singing it so badly. But like while they were celebrating, it was a lot of fun. I'm just very very happy that the NBA finals were as entertaining as they were. Let's see another. There's somebody who's uh, doing letterboxed reviews with threatening auras. And this one, they screen capped one that's A Quiet Place Part 2. And the review is, why do they want to live this badly? Uh, <laughs> which I actually had that thought during a, during a Quiet Place 1. It's like, well, why do, why do y'all want to live so bad? This is definitely not a great place to be. I think that uh, about any, like post-apocalyptic like yeah. dystopian movies i'm like your quality of life has to be so terrible is it really worth it yeah and then uh miami bay tweeted if your poop isn't clear you need to drink more water which is just good health advice that's wild that all the brothers all have championship rings or the, yeah. there three of them have rings now yeah they were selling like uh bootleg cds in in athens as kids and now they're a decade later, all NBA champions. Oof. And Giannis might be the best player in the world. Probably the best player in the world. Anyways, you can find me at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song are we sending them to today? We are going to do uh, another track from the Hiatus Coyote album, Mood Valiant. We already did Sparkle Tape Breakup, which is one of my favorite songs. But this one, Rosewater, is just another, just a great track from the album. I, I, I beg of you, if you like some good soulful music, check out Hiatus Coyote, especially their new album. Uh, but Rosewater, another one, nice gentle track uh, with a lot of heart to it and just a very easy listen. So even if you don't, may, might say, I don't know if I like all the stuff that he recommends, try this one out. Try Hiatus Coyote out. I guarantee you, if you like good music, you will like this. Give it a shot. Uh, it all a right. Shot. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. And hey, we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.